0: This is The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. David is the Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona.
1: All through the New Testament we see it that believers are called saints because of that work of sanctification that's done. On our behalf, we've been set apart from this world. We've been set unto the kingdom of God. We are saints. And it has absolutely nothing to do with stained glass windows, it has absolutely nothing to do with statues. We're saints because we're sanctified by God the Father.
0: In today's message, we'll be reminded that we need to walk by faith. Sure, we've been saved by grace through faith, not of works. But what happens after we've been saved? Does your walk of faith stop there? Certainly not. Believer, it's just started. Each and every moment we're given a choice. We can choose to submit to God, trusting in His understanding, walking by faith. Or we can choose to trust our own wisdom and walk according to the flesh. Now, let's join Pastor David in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 28 with the conclusion of our message entitled, Called, Sanctified, and Preserved.
1: We get into the New Testament. Jesus calls the weary to rest in Him. And in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, we read Jesus speaking. He says, come to me, all you that are weary and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Jesus calls the thirsty of spirit. He calls them to be refreshed through Him. In John 7.37, Jesus declares to the crowd, He says, if anyone, if any of you are thirsty, come to Me and drink. He calls us from all nations. There's no particular group that he calls. He calls to all. In Romans 1.6, Paul writes that among all nations for his name, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. He calls us into a relationship. 1 Corinthians 1.9, again, Paul writes that you were called what? into fellowship. In the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. But beloved, these and a multitude of others, all throughout scripture. The call is there, but there is a response that is needed to that call. You and I need to be the ones who are responding to this. God gives the call, but we need to respond. When we respond to his call, when we enter into that relationship with him, he then calls us saints. What a great word that is. What an amazing thing. Romans 1.7, Paul writes to us, he says, To all who are beloved of God, called to be saints. As a believer, you are called. And then you're declared and you're designated as saints. And that leads us into this next descriptor that, that Jude uses of who he's speaking to. He says, To those who are sanctified by God the Father. Those who are sanctified. Do you realize what an awesome word sanctified is in relationship to you? The fact that you are sanctified by God the Father. And again, it comes from a Greek word, hagiadzo. Hagiadzo, which, which was translated actually into a Latin word, sanctus. And it's from the Latin word that we get the word uh, sacred or "sanctify." The meaning of sanctify is to separate or to set apart from profane things and dedicate to God for sacred use. You see, when you're sanctified, it doesn't mean that you're just pulled out of the world. It means that you're pulled out of the world, but you're set up for use in God's kingdom. And you as a believer, you've been pulled out of the things of the world, but much more than being pulled out of things of the world, you've been placed before the Lord for his use. You've been pulled together as another definition of sanctify is is to make holy. He has made you holy by the blood of Christ. He's pulled you out of the world. And you and I now, through the blood of Christ, through the work of Christ on the cross on our behalf, we are now sanctified. We are now saints. And yes, beloved, we are now holy. And one spouse is probably elbowing another one. he said, yeah, I know he ain't talking about you. Uh, <laughs> But the fact is, is if you are in Christ, you stand holy because your sin is forgiven. Your sin is forgiven. As a believer, all of this was done for you by God the Father through the work of Christ. Listen to what Jesus prays in John 17. He prays in John 17, verse 19, And for their sakes... Jesus says, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. And he's not speaking just about the disciples that he was with. No, he's speaking about all believers of all ages. Paul speaks directly to all believers in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, when he writes in verse 2 that he is writing to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. With all who are in every place, calling on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. He is our Lord. Within that single verse, Paul explains that we are hagiazo, we are sanctified, and that we are called to be hagias saints. That's the work done by the Father through the Son. That's all through the New Testament we see it, that believers are called saints because of that work of sanctification that's done on our behalf. We've been set apart from this world. We've been set unto the kingdom of God. We are saints. And it has absolutely nothing to do with stained glass windows. It has absolutely nothing to do with statues. We're saints because we're sanctified by God the Father. Next, he writes, to those who are preserved in Jesus Christ. And I love this. I love them all, but I love this one in particular. Now, I have a whole lot of family that knows exactly what preserving is. Is all about, okay? They preserve everything. They, uh, you know, strawberry preserves, blueberry preserves, fig preserves, peach preserves, all kinds. But that isn't really what Paul is talking about here. But then on one hand, it is what Paul is talking about here, because when you take fresh fruits and you preserve them, what happens? They last. They're sustained, they're they're kept. It's the same kind of an idea, but our preservation is much more than the shelf life of a jar of figs. Our preservation is eternal. The word used by Jude, again, as he wrote in the Greek, is the Greek word toreo and toreo brings with it this meaning of to guard to to keep an eye on to hold fast but but don't confuse that with being like a prisoner who is being guarded who is held fast no that's that's not what it means what it means is preserving something that's very valuable you're being kept you're watched over you're you're guarded we are preserved in Jesus Christ. We're preserved, we're kept, we're protected, we're sustained safely in the arms of Jesus. And beloved, I don't know any better place to be than safe in the arms of Jesus. It was an old hymn years ago, resting safely in the arms of Jesus. But you need to understand the scope of of that preservation, what that preservation actually means and speaks to you and I as believers. At the same time that it's grand and, and glorious in that keeping power, the other thing you need to know is that it's not all-encompassing. It's not all-encompassing. What do you mean by that? Well, number one, we are not preserved from sinning. Okay, uh, We still need to choose righteousness. When we came to Christ, it didn't suddenly wipe over us that we no longer sin. No, we still need to choose righteousness. We need to make the right choices in our lives. The other thing is we're not preserved from temptation. Temptation still continues to come on every believer. And again, we need to flee the tempter. We need to be like Joseph when Potiphar's wife came after him. Man, he fled the scene. He got out of the room. He beat feet. He left Dodge City. I mean, he was gone. He wasn't going to stick around because the temptation was there and it was great. And Lord, you and I need to be that same way that we are those who flee temptation rather than play around with it for a while or allowing it to continue to grow into our lives. We need to flee temptation. The other thing that we are not preserved from, we are not preserved from fears and doubts. You still need to walk in faith. You still need to believe even when you don't see. You need to be men and women and young people who understand, yes, there is a God. Even though he is invisible, I, like Moses, I continue to trust him. Even though he is invisible, I still will follow him and I will still seek after him. You and I need to be like believers from all generations, from Old Testament to New Testament, even to those who are being persecuted for their faith, even right now, Today, at this hour, in other parts of the world, those who are imprisoned, those whose homes are destroyed, those whose lives are at stake, they are believing it by faith that there is a great God. And again, as we believe by faith in Him, He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. You and I can't stand back and be just overwhelmed by the fears and doubts of this life. You need to understand fears and doubts are everywhere. And fears and doubts is one of the things that the enemy will do to cause you to, to suddenly be frozen in your tracks in your Christian walk. Because you're afraid to step out because, man, this might happen. Or you have doubts in areas, man, I'm not able to do that. Yes, but God is able to do that. And our faith needs to be in Him. We're not preserved from fears and doubts. We still need to be people of faith, making those faith choices, believing even though we don't see it face to face. One thing that you do need to know that we are preserved from, though, is the dominion of sin in our life. The Word says that sin shall no longer have mastery over you. Again, the the power of sin in your life has been broken at the cross. Now you need to choose not to sin. You need to choose, make those decisions on a daily basis. You're not forced to sin. The sin nature has been dealt with at the cross. We still have that battle that goes on. This old man, he keeps busting open the casket, still keeps trying to crawl out of it and and make himself known. But beloved, we need to keep throwing him back in the casket, throw a few more nails on it, a little bit of super glue, throw some weight on top of it, and move on in Christ. Not listening to that dead man anymore. Within each one of us, there are two dogs that are doing battle. Which dog wins? The one that I feed. And if I feed the righteous dog, righteousness wins. If I feed the unrighteous dog, guess what? Unrighteousness wins in my life. We need to understand sin no longer has dominion, no longer has mastery over us, but what are we feeding in our lives? The next thing is, we are preserved from that total overwhelming effects of Satan. And again, That's because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Amen? Amen. Amen. And it's the work of Christ on our behalf. And I believe, I believe personally, according to God's word, I believe that we are preserved from a total and a final falling away. Peter agrees wholeheartedly with, with Jude even in that fact. As Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, he says that we are called to an inheritance that's incorruptible, and it's undefiled, and it does not fade away, and it's reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith, for salvation that's ready to be revealed in the last time. We're kept, not by our own power. We're preserved, not by our own abilities. We are kept and we are preserved, as it says, in Jesus Christ, because of the work of Christ. We're called, we're sanctified by God the Father, we're preserved in Jesus Christ there needs to be in our lives in that that calm recognition that again as a believer that there is this keeping power that keeping power is the power of Christ there needs to be this firm assurance in our lives that again as believers that the promise of God does not and will not Fail. First Thessalonians 5.24 tells us that he who calls is faithful who also will do it. He will continue that work within us. The Word of God declares that he who began a good work in you will give up eventually because you're such a knothead. No, that's not what it says.
0: <laughs>
1: what it says is he who began a good work in you will complete it until that final day. And that's what we need to rest in. Do you see what it says to us, what it speaks to us? It's God who calls. We simply respond to that call. It's God who sanctifies. He sets us apart for His own purposes. It's God who preserves us through the work of Christ. So this calling, this sanctifying, this preserving One more time, let me sum it up again for you. The calling. He initiates, we respond, we then become part of the called. The invitation is wide, and yet the problem is is not everyone accepts that invitation. The invitation is open. The Word of God is very clear about that, yet there needs to be that response to that call. You may be here this morning, and that call of God in your life has come time and time, time and time again. And yet you have never responded to that call. Listen to the words of probably one of the most familiar passages in all of the Word of God found in John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever, whoever believes in Him should not perish But have everlasting life. Who are the whoever's? We are the whoever's. All are the whoever's. Anyone is the whoever. But he goes on beyond verse 16 into verse 17 where he says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. How many are, does he desire to save? He says that the world through him might be saved. The call is wide. But who responds? He goes on in verse 18. He says, He who believes in Him is not condemned, but he who does not believe, they're condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. They are condemned because though the call has been made, they've refused to respond to the call maybe this morning you might be here and you know the call is coming to your life you know you've heard it you've sat under it you've listened to it perhaps you've even read about it but you've never personally responded to that call beloved the word of god says that you are condemned because you have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Paul tells us in Romans 10, he says there's no distinction between Jew or Greek. And in essence, what he's saying, man, it's just, again, in God's mindset, there's no distinction between people. There's I don't care what country you're from, what background you're from, what your past has been. There is no distinction for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call on His name. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Beloved, that's a wide, wide invitation that he's given. And it's for the whosoever that would call back, who would respond back. So that's the call, the sanctifying, to sum that up. That sanctifying work, it is a present work that is done in your life. At the moment you come to Christ, to faith in Christ, beloved, you are sanctified. You are set apart from the things of this world. You are set apart to things holy. That is where you are at Right now, but sanctification is also an ongoing work. There is an ongoing work of sanctification that you and I need to be involved with, and that's the process of obeying and of following. The call is we've been set apart. Now, we, as those who have been set apart, need to walk in a way that honors Christ and, again, gives glory to Christ and honors the kingdom of God in our lives. That's that ongoing work of sanctification. But then there is that final and completed sanctification when you and I can take this carcass and throw it away and just let it rot off because we don't need it anymore and we're standing before him complete and there's no other thing that's going to hold us back, no other thing that's going to slow us down, no other thing that's going to distract us we are totally, completely at that point. Our sanctification has seen its fullness and its full revealing at that point when we stand before the Father. We are called. We're sanctified. But, beloved, we are also preserved. We are engaged to the Son of God as his bride. He has engaged himself to you and I. Our God hates divorce. Divorce. Our God will not divorce. If you are His child, that means that you are His bride engaged to Him and He will in no means write out a decree of divorce to you and I. According to God's Word, according to the very aspect of who God is, you think God is ignorant, says, oh, gee, I didn't know they were going to do that ten years from now when He called you to Himself. If God is all-knowing, then God knows The areas where you've blown it. And where you're going to blow it next year and ten years from now. Yet he's allowed you to come to himself. He's called you to himself. He has betrothed himself to you. You are his bride. And he is simply waiting for that time of again consummating that relationship in his very presence. We are engaged to the Son of God. We are preserved. We are preserved because we're sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. God is placed within you and I as believers. The Holy Spirit has a down payment. And as God gives the Holy Spirit into our lives, do you think that God says, "Ah, I've changed my mind, can I get my down payment back? Can I get my promissory note back from you? No. God, in the wisdom of God, it says, you know what? I'm going to give you. This is a seal of what I'm doing in your life. This is the promise of what I will continue to do in your life. This, for you, becomes what you can rest on and trust in and, and understand and know, you know what? He's given me His Spirit within me and He will not remove Him. Why? Because, beloved, we are kept by the power of God in our lives. If I was kept by my power, I'm in trouble, trouble deep. And so are you if you're kept by your power. If you're kept by your ability to do anything, hear that and understand that. If you are kept by your ability to do anything, then you are in great, great trouble. It's not by your might. It's not by your power. It's by the very Spirit of God that is within you. The power of God working within you that keeps you, that holds you. Even if there's wandering times in your life, even if there's times of rebellion, the greatness of God holds you. He's the one who is able to complete it until that day. He's the one who has spoken it, and so it shall be. He's the one who has kept all that were given to him, remember that's the declaration even of Jesus, not just about the disciples. He says, "Father, I've kept all that you've given me." He knew that Judas, though he was there, though he was—if if I can use this illustration—though Judas was part of the church leadership, even though Judas was there, he was actively involved in all the activities, quote unquote, of the church. Again, follow my illustration. I know it wasn't the church. I know I understand that, but Judas never was there. Judas never was there. Jesus has kept all those that were given to him. He is the ever-faithful one because he cannot deny himself. The word declares that even if you and I are faithless, he says, I will remain faithful because I cannot deny myself. We, who are in Christ, we are called, we are sanctified, we're set apart We are preserved, we're kept, we're counted as valuable to our Lord. Beloved, what a glorious inheritance awaits us.
0: Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to The Open Word, the teaching ministry of Pastor David Landry of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona. To learn more about The Open Word, visit our website at TheOpenWord.com. You can download today's teaching or subscribe to The Open Word Podcast. Subscribing to The Open Word Podcast is the best way to stay up to date with all the latest messages from David. To subscribe, log on to TheOpenWord.com, click on the podcast option on the homepage, or simply search for The Open Word in the iTunes Store. You can also give us a call if you'd like. That number to call is 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. Another option to get in touch with us is to send us an email. Our email address is info at theopenword.com. When you contact us, please let us know the call letters of this station you heard us on and how today's broadcast has blessed you. Your feedback helps us know the Lord's direction for this ministry. Once again, you've been listening to The Open Word with Pastor David Landry of Calvary Chapel in Casa Grande, Arizona. In the next edition of The Open Word, David will continue teaching through the Word of God. So please make plans to join us again and may God richly bless you.